0: And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters. Relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorable. Never give up, never surrender. This is The Bob Zeska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com.
2: From our nation's capital, it is Wednesday, May 8, 2019, and this is the Wednesday interview edition of the Bob Seska Show. My guest today is the author of The Plot to Hack America, The Plot to Destroy Democracy, and The Forthcoming Plot to Betray America. That's right, it's the great Malcolm Nance, back for his third visit on the interview show. Today we're gonna talk about the Mueller Report, Bill Barr's sedition, the tribalism of the Red Hats, Malcolm's experiences in the Iraq War, and a whole lot more. Hang on tight. shouting McShoutface is back just as the constitutional crisis ramps up today. By the way, if you like what you hear, please consider supporting my podcast at bobseskashow.com. And now let's catch up with my friend, Malcolm Nance. Hello. There he is, Malcolm Nance. It's Bob Seska. How are you?
0: Hey, Bob. How are you?
2: Good, good. You have a, uh, a few minutes to chat here?
0: I do. Just give me a second. I just have to <laughs> make things quiet. <laughs> hey.
2: I I always love calling you because it's always an adventure. I never know where you are, what you're doing.
0: I just I literally am just sitting here working on this manuscript where I have to add all these at these Mueller report um, inserts, right? Yeah. So like everywhere I have to add validated by the Mueller report. <laughs> and this is the new book, right? Yeah, this is, uh, this is, it was the plot to commit treason, mm-hmm. but now my publisher thinks that's a little over the top. Oh God. And so now, I know, I like treason. That was a good name. So do I. I. I argue actually using, um, that, you know, that start off with Benedict Arnold and all the rest and mm-hmm. And then I, I go at the end, I, until the Mueller report, at the end I said, you know what? He's not Benedict Arnold. Yeah. He's uh, Major General Charles Lee, who so they didn't find out his trees until 79 years after the revolution.
2: That's right. Well, hopefully, so- it won't, hopefully it won't take that long with this guy. I mean, this guy—it's obvious. I don't know why your publisher is balking at that word because it's—it's it's very clear uh, what Trump is up to. And in fact, you know, well- this is a point of frustration, uh, Malcolm, and I think it's a point of frustration that w- a lot of us share, which is that yep. there's this entire other investigation—the FBI's counterintelligence investigation—that right. was almost entirely so- left out of the Mueller report. You know, and then, so, so we're to- it is, but
0: you're foiling Russian spies and their activities. Yeah. But you know, this report just gave them a complete pass. It shows if you're a white guy, you don't just get benefit of the doubt. You get benefit. Yeah. You can actually conspire with a foreign power, but if you didn't know, or your lawyers argue, you didn't know you get away with it. Yep. Uh,
1: yeah, that's right. It's just,
0: it's <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we changed the title to the plot to betray America.
2: Okay, well, that so, works. you know what? That works too. I okay. think that's fair enough. I mean, so yeah. you know I you know, let's start off here. You know, I've been critical of Mueller lately because I feel like, and of course, I'm not anti Mueller or anything. I'm not a Mueller hater, but I, I've just been critical right. because I feel like his obstruction language was too vague. I also think he should have given his first press conference, either the, the day he handed the report to uh, Bill Barr or the Monday after right. Barr dropped that memo. And you said on your first show back with Stephanie that Mueller turned out to be too much of a Boy Scout to, to buy the book uh, in a time right. of national emergency. How would you assess Mueller's posture since uh, March 22nd when that uh, report was first handed down?
0: Still the same. I mean, yeah. even though you know the, the word that everyone uses now mm-hmm. To explain his behavior is that he's an institutionalist yeah well you know i'm an institutionalist you Me know I was in the military i was an in intelligence um you know i'm i and also a strict constitutionalist i was born and raised in philadelphia i you know i live by the code uh, mm-hmm. that that created this nation i take it very seriously mm-hmm. if if i had seen this stuff i would be furious Just absolutely apoplectic, which I was. And now, you know, people are saying, oh, you're hyperbolic. (laughs) No, I am at the appropriate level of concern. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you should always start high, work your way low with the evidence. But to have the attorney general come in and and just re-engineer everything you said to get the president completely off. I'd be like, oh, no, I'm going to the New York Times and Washington (laughs) Post and L.A. Times. We're going to have and BBC and The Guardian. You're all coming to my living room and we're going to have a joint interview. No holds barred. We will just you can ask me about anything that's not classified.
1: Yeah. And if the
0: first question is, should Donald Trump Jr. have been indicted? Yes, he should have, mm-hmm. right? Ignorance of the law is not an excuse. How many times have you heard that? Absolutely. And, and he specifically said they were not aware of the campaign finance laws. That's insane. It's a lie, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah, that's you giving you know, the, the privilege punch uh, over in a crystal glass uh, <laughs> instead of treating them you know, like the mobsters that they are. And, uh, you know, giving them one smoke and bad coffee in a Greek coffee cup. Right. (laughs) You know, uh, but they didn't do that. And it shows now that the president and his team are lawless and they can now do whatever they want with impunity. Um, And to be quite honest, because of Mueller did not open his mouth publicly or leak it publicly quickly, uh, you know, the first thing Donald Trump started doing right after the Mueller report came out. His immediate thing was to, to go to the news media and say, I want all these people pulled off of the air. Anyone who criticized me. Yeah. Right. Right. And they sort of got away. You know, th- we may have seen some evidence that that happened, but he gave Trump a pass to do whatever the hell he wanted mm. to do and we are all going to suffer because of this
2: that's right and you know what you know you've been criticized for your tone of voice you've also been greatly admired really? for that's your tone, for your tone of voice and I, and I want to tell you I mean what we need right now I believe and I, I'm a supporter of Nancy Pelosi but I think right now we need like a wartime Speaker of the House I want to nominate <laughs> you to be like interim Speaker of the House so we can get some Democrats with some backbone that don't look like they're terrified every time this topic comes I'm sure you've noticed this. I mean, is are you as frustrated as I am with the sort of the the, uh, almost weak, um, you know? And I know it's defined as being pragmatic, and you know, and I appreciate the strategy if there is a strategy behind it, but I feel like. The volume and the level of ferocity doesn't match the level of the national emergency, and I think that's what you bring, uh, Malcolm, with not only your writing but with your voice on uh, whether it's on MSNBC or Stephanie's show. We need fighters right now, don't you think?
0: Well, you know, I'm I'm not a fighter so much as I my entire career circled around two letters, I and W, mm-hmm. right? That's intelligence speak for intentions and warning. Yeah. My job was to to suss out activities that may not be apparent to you. You know, I'm, I'm really good. Okay. At doing intelligence analysis. I mean, my first book, my first book of this season, actually my sixth book plot to hack America. Mm -hmm. I wrote that six weeks before the election and I started that book on the basis of one thing that I had seen uh, during the run-up to the DNC. And that was that I knew ATP 28, and ATP 29, Fancy Bear and Cozy Bear (sighs) were Russian intelligence entities. And the only reason that they would hack the democratic national committee is to do what they did. Watergate. Yep. There's no other reason. And Mm. the only reason they would do Watergate would be to elect Donald Trump. Done. And so I managed to lay out all the things that the FBI would come to investigate. I actually, somebody reminded me recently that I made a recommendation uh, that that this warranted a national security uh, counterintelligence investigation on a mammoth scale, which would be the single greatest scandal in American history, if true. Mm -hmm. And the reason that I could do that is, and I've actually been criticized mainly by people on the far right and the extreme far left, you know, the crazy Glenn Greenwalders and uh, Michael <laughs> Tracys and Matt Saibis, right? Yeah, These are bad. These a bunch of has-beens. But these are guys who are, who who are saying, aha, nothing is here to see, you know? And it's like, weren't you the government transparency guys? Yes! And <laughs> yes! you were helping Snowden defect to Moscow? And oh. now it's like Trump... They're Trumpers, yeah. And they're and it, Trumpers who they're, they're government transparency when it's liberals, mm-hmm. uh, but they are radically anti anti liberal, anti progressive. They're really libertarian right. Yeah pretending to be libertarian left
2: you you know about matt taibbi right his background i mean he's got he spent extensive time in russia um uh, writing and doing a lot of drugs i'm not speaking out of school because this is all stuff that he's written about and chronicled in great detail his time in russia seems to me as if that's the perfect time for him to have been compromised in some way um you
0: know i like matt taibbi's writing but yeah i didn't know him i don't know him and to be quite honest, a lot of these guys are way past their time, okay? <laughs> and uh, it feels like some of these writers who were Pulitz, got Pulitzer's way back when, you know, I mean, they get to the point where they circle back and everything is a grand conspiracy mm-hmm. from the man, right? Yep. And, um, and so, you know, Seymour Hirsch is a good example of that brilliant writer. I mean, I, when he wrote The Shootdown of KAL 007, you might remember that when the Russians shot down when the Soviets shot down a, a Korean airliner oh, yeah. and tried Absolutely. to cover it all up back in, you know, in the in the eighties. And then he he outed the Abu Ghraib scandal. Yep. But now he's into like crazy conspiracy theory. I mean, just justify you know, he may as well be writing about the lizard people. <laughs> and yeah. And he might. I don't know. I haven't checked recently. <laughs> but you have these guys who You know, they they just get to the point where their shtick is finding the conspiracy, but the one that's sitting right under their nose isn't there. That being said, quick one on Matt Taibbi. He contacted me one day after I had been criticized by Tucker Carlson in his A Block. First story on Tucker Carlson's show was me on Brian Williams talking about something we all know and has now been fully validated in 448 pages of glory yeah. Yeah. in Volume 1 of the Mueller Report. And that was that Russia had a strategic plan, and that this plan involved information manipulation, framing new meta narratives around the United States, pretending to be U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. And this is known as the Gerasimov Doctrine of Hybrid Warfare. There's volumes of this stuff. How many volumes? NATO has a manual called the NATO Handbook for Russian Information Warfare, right? (laughs) It's like 500 pages of how they fight. And in there is a detailed description of scholars and soldiers of the Gerasimov Doctrine, which was in the early 2000s when Putin came to power. You know, they glommed onto to these old KGB strategies of disinformation warfare and realized the Internet and social media was the dispersal platform they never had. Yep. And so the chief of the Soviet armed forces, General Gerasimov, issued this doctrine and it talked about and scholars in Russian military magazines talked about using reflexive control which they called, which has now been changed its name to perception management, Hmm. to change the mindset of foreign populations by framing them in a new information bubble using disinformation, propaganda, internet, social media, so that they would be amenable to foreign invasion or action because they would believe what was in the bubble that had been crafted around them. That's right. Does this sound familiar? Oh and yes. they would not believe anything else. And so I, I just said this. This is standard, right? Yeah, this is no this great is it's no great we all mystery. Know about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Tucker Carlson came flaming out going like this is crazy. This is the most <laughs> insane thing ever said on MSNBC and this guy who calls him I a terrorism expert, right. but this is what they were saying about. About me. So Matt Taibbi writes me a DM on Twitter and he's like, hey, man, uh, where'd you get that stuff you said on on Tucker Carlson? I was like, oh, you know, it's the Gerasimov Doctrine. It's all over the place. NATO Handbook for Information Warfare. Mm -hmm. And and then he comes back at me. I said, it's in my books. Then he comes back at me and goes, well, you need to show me your source. And I'm like. (laughs) It's in plot to destroy democracy, which is twenty seven ninety five on Amazon. Right? <laughs> right.
2: My God, I
0: wrote a I wrote a three a, a four hundred page book with six with by the way six hundred refs, forty five pages of references. I'm sure. And this guy's telling me I've got to supply him with this, and I said, Wait a minute, is this a friendly request or is this an interview? And he goes, It's an interview if that's the way you want to make it. I was like. <laughs> Dick, who the fuck is who is this guy? <laughs> I don't know if we can curse on your show. Uh, that's fine, we who can cur- is this guy. curse away. Yeah. Okay, so I said, Who is this guy? I go, I know he writes for Rolling Stone, fine, but you know, but he's part of that green walled ultra left mm-hmm. circle around, you know, crew. And he, I didn't know he had lived in Moscow at that time, yeah. And to me, I did not care. All that meant so when you know so I told him I said listen, uh, you're gonna have to do like everybody else. You want an interview? Request one, but I'm not available. And he was like, "You're gonna have to prove to me that what you said was true. Just because some some academic or some colonel in the Russian army writes it in a magazine doesn't mean that it's been incorporated into Russian doctrine." I'm thinking, yeah. "Are you out of your mind? <laughs> Are you, you know, have you ever heard of?" Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. Right. I mean, this place, the Ukraine is literally a test bed for all of these things. There's a the, NATO has established a counter disinformation warfare school mm-hmm. and center in Estonia so that they can confront this literally on the border of Russia. That's right. And this guy's going on and on. And then some I was like, dude, I, I said, listen, harking back to his time in Russia, I said, one, I am not your baby mama. <laughs> Two, so you can't come talking to me like that. Two, I am not available anytime, anywhere. But these crew do, of course, what people call greenwalding, mm-hmm. which Glenn Greenwald did to me, yes. which is attacking you personally using their media platforms uh, under the guise of journalism. And Greenwald did that to me when he was, you know, he was over there meeting Snowden <laughs> in his FSB supplied apartment mm-hmm. under FSB control. His lawyer, you know, not, Anatoly Kucharina, was uh,
2: representing Snowden at the time. The FSB lawyer was representing Snowden.
0: Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, you know, he's, he's under their control. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's Greenwald making wonderful statements about Russia today. And it's just like, okay, guys, that's your shtick. Mm-hmm. My shtick is, one, I'm not a journalist, so I don't have to play by your little games, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, two, I don't use my writing as a tool to attack individuals. Every, this, what I'm doing is what I write. I'm doing intelligence analysis. And I am simplifying a very complex subject and showing you through the eyes of the intelligence process how we see the world. Mm -hmm. And I tend to be, now I'll be, I I don't want to brag, but I'll brag on this one. (laughs) Plot to Hack America, the second book ever written, was the first book ever written about the Trump-Russia hacking, came out September 23rd, 2016, the Mm -hmm. same day the CIA was delivering an identical report to President Obama. Yeah, of of course. The only difference is I named my operation Operation Lucky 7, and the CIA named the Russian operation Operation Grizzly Step. That was the only difference between the two reports. Right, right. Did and you- because it probably started on the exact same day, they probably had more watch and had reams more classified information. But those reporting processes, they're identical. <laughs> we, yep. we can get a product like that, 125 page intelligence analysis out in five weeks. Mm -hmm. If we work day and night on it, I had to work 20 hour days, you know? So the way I, and then when the next book to come out about the Trump, Russia scandal was Luke Harding's collusion. And that book came out 14 months after plot to hack America.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, and then the next book up to come out, was, was the really good one I, You know, I, I didn't read all of it But I read parts of it And I really liked it Was David Korn and David Ignatius's Russian Roulette mm-hmm. That came out 22 months After Plot to Hack America That's right And, as, you know, and, and although I loved it Somebody wrote a long, slow version Of Plot to Hack America But the point is The story is history mm-hmm. And as history evolves The story is going to change we are all going to have to write new books. And so my new book that will be coming out, The Plot to Betray America, is an, anal- you know, is an analysis of Team Trump, whereas Plot to Hack America was how they did it, how they organized, and how they had to exist you know, to carry out the operation, validated by Mueller's first indictment.
1: Mm-hmm. Plot
0: to Destroy Democracy was like five chapters of Russian active measures. How they transitioned from the Soviet era into the modern era, how they used and weaponized information warfare, how they took over most european right wing political parties.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. You know? Yeah, and, you know what? You could then- you could do a vol- you could do a version of the Mueller report, Malcolm, where you go through paragraph by paragraph and annotate it with passages from your book, where you basically just go through, going, <laughs> saying, predicted it, called it, predicted it, predicted it, predicted it, that, called that's it, predicted. In bet- it.
0: That's pretty much in betrayal. Uh, <laughs> okay, great. <I> finished, yeah. <laughs> We had finished plot to betray America, mm. and then the Mueller report came out. Wow, and and. What's funny about that was I really had to see the report before I could finish it. So I took a two week extension and we, me and my research team, were going over it. And all we are adding to the individual chapters are, um, uh, the above analysis has been validated by the Mueller report section one, you know, area page blank through page blank. Yep. Right. (laughs) You know, I mean, the story is the same. They just have more granular detail. Mm -hmm. And whereas my analysis has actually things that are not in the Mueller report, where, you know, I can talk about, you know, the counterintelligence investigation, how I go back to 1977 when Trump came on the KGB's first reporting area. And in the 1980s, where the checks, another Luke Harding scoop uh, at the Guardian, found all of the files on Donald Trump, and they knew who all of the informants were. His, you know, Did you know Ivana's father was the primary informant for Czech intelligence for Donald Trump?
2: <laughs> that does not surprise <laughs> me at all. Ivana, you know? his first, Trump's first wife. You're talking about Ivana Trump. Yeah,
0: but yeah, Ivana Trump. These were people, though, from behind the Iron Curtain. Mm-hmm. And Russian intelligence... What those intelligence agencies, whether it was STB in the Czechoslovakia or the Stasi in East Germany, they were reporting agencies to the KGB. So Trump had come on their radar when he wanted to go to Moscow in 1987. They knew reams about him. They knew that he was planning a presidential run in 88 yep. before the American public did. So, you know, I, I can't remember which party that was, like the American Liberty Party or some crazy name. Yes, exactly. Yeah. All of these things were built up to a crescendo of what would become, uh, you know, Trump's benefiting and, co- you know, and accepting benefits from a Russian activity that he knew that was going on. Mm-hmm. And Mueller had to redefine the word collusion. Right. And mm-hmm. the word conspiracy mm-hmm. to not indict these people that's right you know and it had to be active tacitly explicit coordination in both ways yeah you know Malcolm- like, wait a minute my world doesn't work that way. Right, right,
2: and I, you know, I feel like too the thing that we were all considering as "quote unquote" collusion had so much to do with the counterintelligence aspect of this investigation, which we didn't hear anything about in the Mueller report. Right. Which is basically well, whether or not Donald whether or not Donald Trump is compromised by the Russian government and that's is that's therefore the making decisions uh, accordingly. And that's what we that's we're kind of word. considering as being right as as kind of the the motivation behind the collusion. And of course, that's not touched at all. All. And I hope at some point in the not too distant future we get some indication of what that counterintelligence uh, investigation is all about because we know at and least you, yeah. that it was handed to the FBI from Mueller, uh, and so they're still pursuing
1: it.
0: Well, you know, this is what what I was saying um, about Benedict Arnold. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I I wrote a lot about Benedict Arnold. I studied a lot about Benedict Arnold because the question that people say is, well, you know, is this treason? I've actually said on television. And this is the, the one phrase people called hyperbolic that I thought was rather silly because I, all, I never make statements like that. Mm. I ask questions and I said, if this is true, if it is true that Donald Trump is a compromised individual and that he was coordinating or conspiring with Russia, no one said about hacking the DNC. <laughs> the question I had was at all at any time. <laughs> right. R- right then this would be a greater scandal than Benedict Arnold.
2: All right, we'll continue with Malcolm in just a second, but first let's talk about Mother's Day. It's last-minute gift-buying time, and I hate to brag... But I'm all set with gifts for mom thanks to proflowers.com. For about seven years, I lived on the opposite end of the world, way out in Hawaii, and then I, then I moved to California. My mom was thousands of miles away, but the only way I could shower her with my appreciation on Mother's Day was with Pro Flowers, the perfect way to say Happy Mom's Day when I couldn't necessarily travel thousands of miles for the occasion. Last week, by the way, I ordered a dozen roses for Kimberly Johnson, and a week later, they still look and smell freshly cut from the farm and nourished by pro flowers innovative gel pack and thanks to pro flowers express delivery but they've got more than just roses pro flowers lets you choose from a variety of bouquets and unique vases to suit any mom's style and right now with just a couple of days to go get a dozen roses for $19.99 double the roses twice the roses, and get a premium vase for just $9.99 more. Visit proflowers.com, then click the microphone in the upper right corner and enter the promo code BOBC. That's proflowers.com, click the microphone, and enter BOBC. Mother's Day is May 12, so don't wait. Order like a pro and get this amazing rose deal to thank all the moms in your life. Thank you for supporting The Bob Seska Show by supporting proflowers.com. Okay, back to Malcolm Nance.
1: Bob Seska, the Bob Seska Show.
2: I mean, it's it's amazing to me, and and not surprising. It's a, it's both amazing and totally not surprising at all uh, that you're getting attacked for being hyperbolic because. You've been telling the truth about this. I repeat this over and over again. I mean, you have been sounding the alarm at the exact tone of voice that it should be sounded. And and the, the, the weirdest thing that I have seen on television in recent memory was Andrew Sullivan, of all people, accusing you of being a fantasist now maybe you can explain your conspiracy theory malcolm about how trig palin was actually bristol palin's son and not sarah palin's oh wait wait that was andrew sullivan's conspiracy theory from 2008 you know the guy who called you a fantasist right
0: well i'll tell you one thing you know first off i don't know andrew sullivan yeah but i do know about andrew sullivan's writing right and here's how I'm going to respond to that. Mm-hmm. Yes, what you just described was a conspiracy theory that he had been pushing, I think, for two years. Wow. Right? I didn't know it was that, that long, but yeah. He'd, yeah. Yeah, he was pushing it for years. That she did not have her baby. And that she, I guess she had been wearing like a false baby tummy <laughs> and all these things. He was never nauseous. So that she could cover for Bristol Palin's pregnancy.
1: Yeah. So
0: Bristol Palin could still claim that she was an abstinent mother, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that was his thing. But that's not the thing that bothers me the most about Andrew Sullivan. Here's what I have to say about him. Um, uh, one, uh, when I was in Iraq in 2003, uh, we're actually on and off for almost 10 years, but main time in Iraq, 2003 to 2005, Uh, I was director of security for a major uh, USAID program. Uh, I had over 250 British British and American bodyguards that worked for me, and I had 250 Iraqi bodyguards that worked for me. Mm. And I wrote a book while I was there called The Terrorists of Iraq, and it was a real-time intelligence analysis using open-source data of every terrorist group that was operating in Iraq and its history. Right. And I finished that book in 2007. The only place you could get it was in Camp Victory's, you know, shop, you know, post exchange mm-hmm. in the green zone or at the airport. That was it. That was right. The only place that I distributed. Right. And of course, every intelligence analyst over there had a copy because I had created a unclassified textbook where you could look up every group in their history their logos, their pictures, what weapons they use, what was their favorite tactics? It was a, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I, I got I got big compliments from uh, General Petraeus uh, about the book because he saw it there and he's like, "How the F did somebody write this so fast?" Right, and considering it was still <laughs> happening around them. Yeah. But what the first thing I write about in that book is in my introduction is how when I left Iraq, I turned over security to someone else on this project, mm-hmm. and. My, I had my rules, I had, I had a bunch of Nance's rules for making security movements in Iraq. And one of them cost four people their lives. Yeah, uh, Somebody violated these rules. And I didn't know it. I had already left Iraq. I was working somewhere else. And uh, actually, I was sitting in a cafe with a guy who, who I knew from Iraq. And he had just arrived. And he said, oh, did you hear about Tracy Hushing? And I said, no, what? And he goes, Tracy Hussing was killed yesterday. And Tracy Hussing was, was the woman who ran admin in Baghdad for us for Bering Point Corporation. Hmm. And I immediately just flew into battle stations. And he said, the whole security detail in, in her were killed. And my rules for running from the airport to the, to the green, zone green zone were yeah. very simple. If a U.S. Army convoy goes ahead of you, you cannot do the run. It's a straight road, right? Mm-hmm. It's like three, it's three, four straight miles of highway. That was Saddam's security highway. But it had become a channel for you to get hit by suicide bombers or ambushed. Sure. And so it appeared that a US Army convoy had gone ahead. And when those convoys go out, suicide bombers stalk them. And if they see your security vehicles, your civilian vehicles, they would ref- they would call those CIA convoys. Ugh. So even though it was carrying civilians, they didn't care. So they would attack them. So this army convoy went out. They missed their their my rule and they followed that convoy. Rule number 2. The green zone to airport run is done at a minimum, a minimum of 100 miles per hour. All right? Yeah. I'm not joking. I used to I I had an armored excursion that belonged to Jeb Bush and light sirens beef b7 rated armor this thing is essentially a tank and i would do this run myself i put on my armor my helmet get my passengers in i would as soon as i went out the gate i would floor it oh, and man. i would get this truck to 110 miles per hour this thing was like six tons and it would start shaking and that's how <laughs> i knew i was at the right speed Holy and shit. that was because that speed offsets rockets your ability to aim your weapons, and suicide bombers. So this vehicle team did not do that. They were traveling at 40 miles per hour Ugh. behind a U.S. Army convoy, a suicide bomber on ramped right next to them, and vaporized the entire team.
2: Unfucking believable Vaporized,
0: my friend. And that, then, a few months later, I was told that my security team, three British bodyguards, and two Americans— Uh, who were at the Ministry of Education, a very tough place. Uh, Another violation of my rules, they were supposed to have had a six-man detail in three vehicles. They had five people in one vehicle. They were all kidnapped, and and their remains weren't recovered for five years. Jesus. I blame Andrew Sullivan for their deaths because I did not advocate for the Iraq war. I fought it tooth and nail. Mm -hmm. And then when it came, you know, I was getting paid as an intelligence contractor, um, you know, to train SEALs and special operations people, you know, in in Arabic going over there. So I did my part. I actually had the secretary of the Navy actually tell me he he, I I requested to come back on active duty. And he said, we think due to the short nature of this operation, we won't need any any additional Arabic language enhancements. Wow. I have that. I have that letter framed now oh my because it, it's a sign of their era. Andrew Sullivan was one of the greatest advocates of that war. Yep. OK, I went over there. I fought. I protected people. I risked my life on a minute to minute basis. One of these days asked me about genies and how I risked my life to go check out genies and all right no way no way no way no
2: way now you have to tell me about genies
0: i can't i can't tell you that story right away all Uh, right that will be in my book of 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 spy stories called bin laden gave me diabetes (laughs) so which which i'm i'm writing so and that's true are you serious you're you're writing a book called
2: called bin Bin laden gave me diabetes that is fucking incredible
0: well, it's, it's like that funny book Baghdad without a map, but it's all of my 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 funniest stories. And I have reams of them because, you know, our world may be dark, yeah. but, you know, but it's pretty dang funny. And uh, but anyway, all this went on and I was not an advocate for this. I had to manage the disaster that was Iraq uh, for 10 years. And my last time I was in Iraq was 2014. Uh, you know, and then I returned to the United States. Uh, but you know what? I didn't cheerlead that. And I know Andrew Sullivan has come back and said, oh, I was wrong about that. You killed people with your mouth. Yep. That's what I say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Friends of mine died, you know. Um, and it's, 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 you know, that is what a conspiracy theorist does. Right. Which is make up something in the face of a lack of information. I worked the Iraq mission from 1983 84. The first time I went to the Gulf, uh, until 2014. Okay. Yep. I had been there. I had worked operations during the Iran Iraq war. I was there when the, you know, uh, I, I worked missions where the, when the USS Stark was struck by Iraqi anti-ship missiles. A whole bunch of things. I had to talk to Iraqi pilots uh, and and do things over a decade. Oh, yeah, and then, you know, get struck a mine in the first Gulf War and then get shot at by anti-shipping missiles. Then go ashore and kick over a landmine that didn't detonate. All of these things, okay, informed my opinion about not invading Iraq. Andrew Sullivan is just a big mouth Mm -hmm. who thought it would be great Because he was a conservative. This is the difference between professionals and fantasists who thought that they were going to get a new country, uh, you know, that would be doing America's bidding. Okay, Mm -hmm. granted. So he came back on that and said he was wrong. He's one of the few journalists that did. My friends are still dead. Okay, I don't have to make up anything. When I say something is going to happen, I have a chest full of medals when I was in the military because I kept saying something's going to happen, and I was generally right. Yep. Actually, I got a medal for predicting the invasion of Kuwait by two weeks <laughs> way before Iraq invaded it yeah. and, you know, and, and briefed the entire senior staff of Air Force Intelligence for almost a month when I was a, you know, at sergeant level rank. That's not because... You know, I I, my shoes were polished well or I was eloquent. It was because the morning of the invasion of Kuwait, I had already had a ginormous stack of stuff. And when Defense Intelligence Agency was saying it's probably just an exercise and this small Air Force School of Intelligence in Texas was going, hey, we think it's a full scale invasion that's about to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, that's that's the way it is. Yep, as I said, it's informed by experience.
1: Right, right. Well, so it was, it was like I, don't, was, I don't
0: care about him. I care about how people perceive the warnings that I'm giving you, mm-hmm. and those warnings are not for fun. Right, they are because I see something where I need to pull the fire alarm. Well,
2: it's like what you were talking about with Stephanie this morning, where where you're Cassandra, Malcolm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: That's black you're, Cassandra. You're, yeah, you're like, <laughs> oh, I was
2: going to say Badass Cassandra. That, that's badass my new nickname Cassandra. for you.
0: I'm, okay, so, you write that in Vanity Fair and we'll see.
2: how that <laughs> Well, let, <laughs> let me ask you this, Badass Cassandra. Where the hell does this subpoena battle lead us uh, between the White House and, and Congress right now? Because I'm gaming this out in my head. And I, I just don't well, see a positive outcome in this, uh, shy well, of, of Donald yeah. Trump going like full Andrew Jackson or something, just defying the will of the courts.
0: That's exactly what he's going to do, and that's where he is. And this was very easy to see. For, for everybody who kept saying they're going to negotiate with Barr, where in God's name did you get that? Barr <laughs> is a wholly owned subsidiary of Donald Trump. That's right. And and he believes in Donald Trump. He believes that now is the time to execute raw Power, mm-hmm. which means now when I say raw power like that, and it sounds like Emperor Palpatine, <laughs> okay, that's in true, Star though. Wars, yeah, you know, and he's just all you know, he's talking to you nicely when he sits in front of you, and he's communing with the dark side, uh, you know, yeah. in his chambers, and 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 speaking to Darth Vader. That's what's happening. Mm-hmm. This is. I would argue and I have already argued that we we have already had the greatest scandal in American history. And that's Donald Trump's uh, obsequiousness, his subservience to Moscow. Mm-hmm. That is without any question will be by all historians the greatest scandal in American history, because, it, you know, as I'm writing in this new book, um, it's really he's just Moby Dick like obsessed. Uh, You know, with this, he's obsessed with that Trump Tower. And it was a bill. Now we know a billion dollar deal Mm -hmm. when he was hemorrhaging a billion dollars. Yep. Okay. Yeah. He's compromised. And being compromised means that you will work for something that's higher than your flag in the Constitution. But then William Barr comes in. And I said this on The Joy Reads Show. I said, there is no way that Bill Barr would create, would create the greatest scandal in history by covering up the greatest scandal in history. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's, it's actually kind 24 kinda, it's- hours later— yeah, he did. Well, it's so
2: convenient because what I mean, what they're doing, Malcolm, is they're actually illustrating obstruction of justice in real time after the Mueller report is released in order to block the how Mueller to do report. it. Yeah, exactly. So we're actually witnessing it on television
0: every day it's now. The, it's the legal version of how to get away with murder. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. So what's going on with the subpoena fight? It's simple. Subpoenas mean nothing to them Mm -hmm. anymore. They feel they own. This is why Trump keeps referencing the Supreme Court. He thinks he controls it now. He fought with Kavanaugh. He owns all the justices of the Supreme Court. We already saw collusion between Lindsey Graham saying he was going to go to John Roberts to talk to him about the FISA court. That's right. To do what? Rig the FISA court? The (laughs) FISA court is a bunch of judges who only handle spy matters. And if you go to the FISA court there was, and you get a FISA warrant, they have given enough evidence to convince those very conservative judges that you are dirty or about to be dirty. So, you know, Trump thinks he now owns the Senate. It has been explained to him clearly, mm-hmm. okay, that he owns the Senate, he owns the courts, and now he owns justice in america and like max boots article the other day where he called the administration a criminal administration he said this is the equivalent of a city or a town where the mayor the chief of police the da and the city council are all mafia controlled technically potterville right (laughs) right and run by the banks right Mm -hmm. and but you could appeal to the state and the federal government to clean it up there's no one left to appeal to. The last appeal is to the American people. so they Barr doesn 't care if he gets uh, censured. You know the only thing he might care about is getting impeached right and yep. getting pulled and having that but i don 't think Barr cares. I think he sees himself as the greatest bugaboo in American history who is here to write the justice injustices of Donald Trump, the greatest president in American history, and laws be damned, there's a time to damn the laws. Yep. And I, this, is, this is sedition. This is what the South, the Confederacy was arguing, yep. that they had a righteous cause, and that allowed them to, to destroy the Constitution, separate themselves, and leave. Technically, though, they at least did it with organization and within the parameters of the Constitution. Not these yutzes. These guys are just saying we are declaring a new executive of the United States, and that consists of the judiciary, the Senate, the ju- the, and, and the Justice Department. Not that, and yeah. soon— it will be the FBI
2: yeah I mean I'll go one but further I think, he, I, I think I think yeah. what's happening right now is uh is sedition disguised as the unitary executive theory I think Bill Barr is fully on board with the Dick Cheney view of the presidency and that's what he's partly pursuing but I mean obviously this is all in service of covering well, up Trump's crimes and and sedition as sure. you said
0: I called this the other day I, I I think I was I was on Joey Reed for my second segment I said at this point, you may as well call him Donald Al Hussein or Donald Al Qaddafi, because what you are looking at is he he is in all but the name trying to assemble a dictatorship's politburo, Mm -hmm. a Soviet style politburo, where if there is no three branches of government, there is Donald Trump as the government. And I, I think this far eclipses the unitary government theory, yeah. which was that the executive was the supreme and that the other branches could still do their jobs, but the executive was the bottom line. This is far beyond that. This is, a, this is dictatorial power. Do you think this he— the I mean, tyrant that John Adams warned us about.
2: Do you think he understands what he's doing? I'm talking about Trump here. Do you think he understands what he's doing or just in service of protecting his own ass, he's stumbling into this massive and unprecedented power grab for a chief executive? Which, I mean, I, it, it could be planned. It could be accident. It seems like a lot of what Trump does is just by sheer fuck uppery, You know what I mean?
0: No, I think... I think it's the I think it's the seduction of the force. Yeah. I think that as Trump came in, this is who he was, and the people around him understand that the minions that put him into power—that seventy-seven thousand white union voters in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin—that flipped from Obama see him as the leader of the white tribe. Mm-hmm. Quick aside: when I, I at one point between my Military career, and you know, I was waiting for uh, some, you know, uh, contract to come in. I was, uh, uh, I was a consultant to the Peace Corps uh, for their global security program. I put it, helped put in their entire global security program. Nice. And I went to Papua New Guinea, and Papua New Guinea is a fascinating place. It's a, it's a country that technically was only discovered about a hundred years ago, and. The people who are there have not changed in 10,000 years. Now, I'm not talking about the people who live in the major cities like Port Moresby or Orle, the Polynesians, but in the highlands like Garoka and all points west, right? These people live under a system called the Wontok system, and that's pidgin English for one talk, or they speak as one. Mm-hmm. In other words, your villagers who speak your language who know you, the Wontok and the Wontok system is so tribal that the Wontok, the tribe, is only extant as far as its traditional tribal lands go. That might be 500 yards, <laughs> or it might be 5 kilometers. <laughs> yeah. But generally not much further than that, right? Mm-hmm. And when these tribes see other tribes, they get into what are called bush wars. And, but it's all... tribal. It's like the song when two tribes go to war, right? Yep. Um, You know, uh, the elephants get, you know, the grass gets crushed. Yeah. Uh, So what is happening here is Donald Trump has harnessed the power of the one tribe. Mm -hmm. And that tribe is the tribe of white American men. And remember that at one point they said he was only polling 63% or Mitt Romney only got 63% of the white male vote. Trump needed 67 to win. He got it. He got that number. Yeah, And that's what eclipsed women. That's what eclipsed everything else. And he views them as the dominant tribe of America and that they will step down on everyone else, which is why he only governs for 40% of the nation. He does not care about the other 60%. That being said, he is a dictator. Mm-hmm. He loves dictators. He associates with dictators. He is only frustrated by the guardrails of government. And it is the people around him who understand government. The, uh, the Mitch McConnell's, the, 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 the Lindsey Graham's, the sucking toadies of, who, of, of pure raw political power. They understand this. And they said, it's higher than you. You will be exalted, Right. You if you essentially take over all the branches of power and we will be with you because that with that, I don't know about you, but I had a twelve thousand dollar tax bill this year. Mm -hmm. I usually get a tax refund in the thousands of dollars. Wow. And my accountant said it's the Trump tax cut. (laughs) Everyone just got screwed by taking away all these deductions. And I said, you know, why is there not a revolution going mm-hmm. on? Because the people who would be missing a four or five hundred dollar check to buy some appliances, they're tribal now. Yes. And they don't care. They are dealing with their Wan talk and their one chief is the chief who rules all others. And they are more than willing to go to Bush war with anyone that gets in their way, which is why. I'm putting my INW hat on, right? My (laughs) intentions and warning hat on. Whereas when some people see, you know, Trump making jokes about you owe me two years or, you know, pushing Jerry Falwell's, those two years should be a do over. There are people who truly believe that when he says, you know, that there's no problem with the Nazi extremists, that's because they're part of the one talk. Okay, they're part of the tribe. Yeah. And he will not give them up. When he pardoned that special forces guy the other day, ex special forces guy was drummed out of the military because that man murdered a prisoner who was innocent. Yeah. Right? Yep. He took him out, stripped him down in the streets, zip tied him, and shot him to death. Okay? That's Trump pardoning. You know, essentially the William Cowley of Iraq. I mean, this is just utterly, it throws in the face the entirety of all American values. Mm -hmm. But to them, they are here to re-engineer the American values.
2: Is it the tribalism that is uh, convincing so many, like, former Trump staffers, for example, to potentially go to jail for this guy for this goddamn vulgarian who wouldn't think twice before hurling them under a bus to save his own bloated ass is it tribalism or is it a combination of tribalism and compromise well, I, you know like the falwell story comes to mind you mentioned jerry falwell just a second ago i mean with jerry right. falwell and these photographs that michael cohen clearly had at least one of the pictures in his possession and then it was used to coerce an endorsement uh just before the iowa caucus for donald trump of, of all people Jerry Falwell endorsing Donald Trump—it's madness. But is it—is it compromat? Is it uh, tribalism, or a combination of the both?
0: I think it's—I think it's just sheer tribalism. Yeah. Uh, you know, the it, it, here's the irony: these are the people who, if anyone's read Ayn Rand, uh, you know, uh, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. It's the story is really about these—you know—these creators, you know, and, mm-hmm. and doers, the architect and the hot you know, the hot chick reporter, and they are out to find, you know, to, to show that they're the real Americans. But in the book, they describe this America of nepotism and sucking psychophants who use political power to gain power, to steal money. And I'm thinking, you guys love that book, but I suspect... It wasn't, you know, who is John Galt? Let's move into a mountain compound commune mm-hmm. in Colorado full of rich, smart people. <laughs> it was the other side of the story yeah. of, you know, the railroad chieftains and, the, and the, the petty guy who climbs up to power through all of this. These guys see a pot of money that eclipses their loyalty to the flag or the Constitution, wow. and they understand that they have to maintain the trappings of patriotism to do this. And so they are willing to do and say anything. And they truly believe that Trump is going to be their savior. He's a con man. Yeah. And they, lo- they know it might be a con, but they can get a share of that con. And so um, if, 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 if they can only keep it, they also don't care that Trump really will destroy you mm-hmm. that you're nothing to him you're essentially an ant you know who is a raft that he is using to get across a river full of piranhas oh, God, to yeah. a pot of gold on the other mm-hmm. side and you know if he can co-opt the piranhas he'd do that too but he doesn't care <laughs> and so these people below him every one of whom are destroyed they also don't care because they know with trump Reputation doesn't mean anything outside of their bubble. There will always be this um there will always be wing nut welfare, right? There will always be a job at a right wing think tank. Quick, name a liberal think tank.
2: I don't know, uh (laughs) Gutmacher.
0: I thought you were gonna say Center for American Progress. Center for American
2: Progress. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Okay, now name two. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay good you know, good question it's yeah.
0: very hard yeah it's very hard they have at least 20 and there's a, there's probably 20 more that are being funded by conservative billionaires that are not really named they only pop up during elections i mean milo yiannopoulos after me and larry wilmore had devastated him on television right mm-hmm. the next day he goes out and self-destructs you know, b- triggers his his, his self destructive belt of, of, of stupid thought by saying that he advocates, you know, teenagers having sex with pedophile priests. Within a month he was still given twelve million dollars by the Mercers mm-hmm. to create a dirty tricks organization to go after liberals. Wow. Granted that fell apart after a year because he's mm-hmm. Milo, right? Yeah. But the point is it happened. <laughs> it happened mm-hmm. in such a way that that these guys—they don't care about reputation or dirt or harm. They will all keep washing each other's back. This is the law. I mean, it is a massive racketeering and corrupt influence organization. Yeah, and only a, 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 the next president had better win. And I say this all the time: can had can win if right now they declare full-scale cleansing of the United States, that they will, when they become president, there's none of this, "oh shucks, that was just you doing politics because you were in office. You know, if it's going to be Kamala Harris, you know, if I were her, I'd already spell out a 10-point plan to use her prosecutorial skills to cleanse government, to do a full 100% audit of every organization under the Trump administration and that you are going to root out all the corruption and every person who was in those jobs is going to be held accountable. Right? Mm -hmm. Right up to the president, Yep. uh, which I think New York state will do that job for us. Mm -hmm. But I suspect that, you know, this is why we have to win. This is, it's imperative. What will happen in the next election is we will lose America. Yeah, we will lose America and we will lose it because some people thought that, you know, getting up on a Tuesday and, or, you know, I advocated early voting for months. Yeah. Um, I went overseas and I did, um, I worked with Democrats abroad. They had a 500, I want to say 570% increase in voting Jeez. overseas. Yeah. yeah, And all of those votes were going to individual states individual elections Mm -hmm. right down the dog catcher and so you know uh, i spent a week in paris signing you know helping sign up americans advocating speaking to the groups over there in london and it was active we have to mobilize 2020 i i said before that we could lose america in 2018 we will lose america in 2020 that is an intelligence projection
1: yep Yep. that
0: all the values that were created in the Constitution will go away. It will become a full-scale kleptocracy.
2: Let me ask you this, Malcolm, before I let you go here. Um, what's your take on this Biden-Ukraine story um, that's sort of emerging as becoming a way, like the butthurt emails of the 2020 election cycle, but with Joe <laughs> Biden as the victim?
0: Well, it's, it's just utterly amazing. Yeah. The only thing that should be said for all these stories, first off, Rudy Giuliani went to the Ukraine mm-hmm. to dig up dirt. Want to do it again? Yes. To dig up dirt. He was living up with this. I'm going to use use dirt from a foreign power that is unchecked to do as you said. But her emails. Mm-hmm. All right. And we should do the same thing they should they do, which is fake news. Yep. Right. Yep. It is all fake news. Well, and it really so, is. It, it,
2: it is. I mean, the story is full of holes, but of course, they're going to turn it into some sort of Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, quid pro quo with the Ukrainian prime minister. And, uh, and that's how they're going to frame the whole goddamn thing.
0: Well, the point is, don't even talk about it. Yeah. It's stupid. We literally have a conspiracy, all right, that according to the Mueller report, the only reason he could not find that. Additional information was because people lied to him, people destroyed evidence and encrypted chats, people withheld documents. That is in page two of the Mueller report, mm-hmm. right? Also, he pulled every punch he could so that he would not indict people. Donald Trump Jr. should have been indicted on campaign fraud- finance uh, of fraud. Because he did go there. The entire report spells out he went with expectations. He conspired. But to give a pull a punch by saying he didn't understand that it was a campaign finance law. He didn't know it. <laughs> and let him off from that? Mm-hmm. I want, I'm want i an African-American. I want that to get out of jail free card.
1: Yeah. Because oh I, I can
0: shoot people with an you know, I can, I can go Rob Banks at that point because I didn't know it was a crime. Yeah. Okay? He conspired with a foreign power. Another part of it was they kept saying foreign intelligence agency. William Barr, Bill Barr said that mm-hmm. when he kept being asked about it. You mean a foreign intelligence agency? No, a foreign government, they're subcontractors, they're agents of influence, they're oligarch citizens, and anyone who is looking out who could be considered an asset of Russia by first, second, third, or fourth degree of extension,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? Now, of course, everybody would have to go to jail for that. Well, that's how it's looked at in the intelligence community. That's conspiracy to us. We take your clearance. We polygraph the heck out of you. We start referring you over to the FBI, Right? right? Not these guys. They all got a complete and total pass from it.
2: Malcolm, it was uh, such a pleasure again. The the book is going to be I Can't Wait for the Plot to Betray America, and I especially can't wait to read Bin Laden Gave Me Diabetes. <laughs>
0: that's, I'm so well, psyched about right that now, one. now, for anyone who hasn't read the plot to destroy democracy, as somebody called it, the Malcolm Report, <laughs> um, it's, it's a lot. It goes everything that's in Mueller Report Section 1 is in there. Right. Uh, but it goes a lot further because it spells out Russia's strategic goals the four chapters of Russian intelligence uh, activities and how they transitioned from the KGB to the FSB. And then I have my favorite chapter, unfortunately, starts off with the story of the mass murder at Etoya Island in Norway by Anders Bering Brevik,
1: mm-hmm. the
0: ultra-right-wing, crazy, uh, you know, ex- uh, neo-Nazi extremist uh, who everyone is emulating now in these massacres around the world. These right-wingers are, are, are emulating him. But the point is, is that that guy was the vanguard of all of these shooters we see and the American alt-right. And they use his, 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 his manifesto literally as a template at the end of all of these shootings, like the guy in Christchurch, New Zealand, the guy in San Diego. They do these question-answer things. The reason I'm mentioning that is because The legs of Russia infiltrating political powers and political parties around the world, including the conservative Christians, uh, the evangelical Christians, the NRA, uh, which I, you know, I had Maria Butina pegged, you know, a year before she got arrested. Yeah. And and the alt right. I, you know, I started off with this chapter starting about Norway and how Europe had been co-opted. You know what that chapter is (laughs) called? What? Tail Hydra.
2: <laughs> That's right. Holy you God! You know what?
0: I didn't. I didn't think Hydra existed. <laughs> now <laughs> I do.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you know what? It's time to get your war faces on, Democrats, because uh, we have to be in a a ferocious fighting posture.
0: One last point. Yeah. Um. I was making the point that plot to defend democracy or is uh or plot to destroy democracy is out in paperback, but. Captain America is liberal, y'all. I mean, he is flamingly 1930s progressive liberal. Yeah. And uh, there's a book you can buy if you want to read it that I love called The Virtues of Captain America. And it explains how from the 1940s on they created this character who is the embodiment of American progressive liberal values rooted in World War II. And how you can see Hydra, which is what the Republican Party is today, is is the antithesis of Captain America, and that's why I named it that chapter. So you'll look at Captain America and you'll love him more.
2: <laughs> there you go. And, and you know what? Uh, uh, Steve Rogers should have made you the next Captain America, and not that other guy. <laughs> that's what should have happened. Spoiler! Spoiler warning for Endgame. Uh, anyway. What? wait what all right badass cassandra thank you so much for your time today really really appreciate it and i'm looking forward to uh, our next conversation
0: okay take care bob
2: take it easy malcolm bye-bye